This program is brought to you by thepodcastfactory.com. You are listening to Copy Chief Radio with the Copy Chief himself, Mr. Kevin Rogers. What is up, my man? Hey, hey, hey. Good to be back. Jonathan, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, My man, Scott McKinstry, has been writing for the Copy Chief blog for, geez, two years now. Uh, He is honestly one of the best story-based copywriters I've ever met. He's just really dedicated to the craft of storytelling. Uh, and, um, he's a, you know, freelance, uh, copywriter. I think he works primarily with one client, but, uh, man, when it comes to story structure, he just understands it inside and out better than anybody I know. And, uh, I was really privileged to have, uh, Scott work on the 60 second sales hook book with me. So, uh, Scott, thanks for being here. First of all. Oh, thanks, Kevin. Thanks for having me. And let me, before I forget, where do people go to find you? Uh, they can check me out at marketingwithstory.com. Perfect. That's right. Marketingwithstory.com. And you have a great report over there that can help them write better story for their uh, copy, for their marketing as well. And so today, Scott, long overdue having you on the show, and I'm sure we'll do this uh, uh, again many more times, because you've just, you've got, you've written for our blog, uh, do you know how many articles you have now? It's got to be. I don't, but it it predates uh, Copy Chief itself. I think it started on your on your old your personal blog. It was like the first the first wow. installment. So yeah, it's got to be forty fifty articles there, yeah. and and uh, all gold. One of the, you know obviously people love it. So today we're going to focus on one you wrote recently, and the it is how to write great story openers. So. If you can't remember that, just come to um, Copy Chief and search Story Sells or search Scott McKinstry and all his articles will pop up there for you. And you can just kiss your day goodbye because you'll be reading them nonstop. Uh, but, Scott, let's talk specifically about this topic because uh, I love the idea of story openers. It really helps us think of story in a different way. And you're using Disney as an example here. Yeah, well, I was watching uh, Beauty and the Beast with my daughter. She's four, and so I'm kind of introducing her to stuff that I saw when I was young. And I I remember liking the animated version, you know, from the 90s, kind of in Disney's renaissance of recapturing their kind of animation glory, um, pre-Pixar. And Mm -hmm. I was struck when when we first started the movie that they had this, like, little vignette, little opening tale that really got me excited to watch the movie. You know, it wasn't just, okay, I'll sit along with you and watch. It was, I want to know what happens next. And it struck me that this was a good little device that could be used for sales copy. Mm. And so just to give us some context, the, the opening to the beauty and the beast is it looks different than the rest of the movie, right? It does. In fact, it's very kind of, it's, it's not even really animation except for a little part of it. It's these little still images with a voiceover, a narrator, and just some music in the background that just to basically set up the story. Yeah, which is a, a cool idea. Uh, and so, all right, so tell us how we should be thinking about this in context of our marketing. Well, you know, 
when you think about like a headline, you know, a, a headline is, is sort of an ad for your ad, right? You know, it's, it's something yeah. to grab their attention to get them to read the rest of the thing. And then you make your sales pitch, you know, for whatever it is that you're selling. Well, a story opener is kind of the same way. It's kind of like the headline for your ad or for whatever story you're going to tell. It gets the basics in. It it sets up the conflict. It 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 gets people wanting to know what happens next, essentially, by including the basic elements. So uh, it, it has that sales function, but it also kind of helps you think about what do I have to have in my ad or in my story to to kind of grab people in. Yeah, that's a great point because something that often gets overlooked is the fact that the first thing we're selling is keeping attention, <laughs> right? right. You know, yeah. First job is with copy is win attention and then keep attention and you know set up an expectation that there will be major rewards for continuing to read or, to, or watch this video. And so if we think about, I always say, the most valuable thing somebody can pay us up front is not money, it's attention. And mm -hmm. I love this idea of, you know, sort of telling the story of the story you're about to tell, this condensed little vignette of, uh, it's also against the big promise in there, the reward for reading. Right. Yep, exactly. Because, you know, sometimes you wonder, gosh, how much can I go into the nitty gritty details, whether it's a story or if it's like a mechanism of your product and you worry about losing that attention. Well, you yeah. kind of eat, you know, you always got to be thinking about that. Is this going to be valuable to my prospect? But you have the opportunity to dive a little deeper once you know that they're interested, you know, so when you can do that up front, then you've got more time to work with, with your message. That's really smart. As a side note, this is, uh, you could you could test this a little bit with uh, heat maps on a page, uh, a, mm. a text page, but with video, uh, you know, say I use Wistia and the stats are fantastic. You can see exactly where somebody dumped off your video. Uh, this is something you could really test. And if you decided to add in a story opener and see, I bet you'd see a lot more engagement in the beginning of your video if you tried this. Um, right. So, okay, Scott, uh, tell us what else, how else we should be thinking about story openers. Well, uh, you know, I kind of broke down three things that I thought were important. So I'll go over, go over those three things, uh, kind of little guideposts, a formula, you know, just to, to help you extract what you got from your story. And the first is, is that it, it sets up the story, right? And so it, this is like what, what fiction writers or screenwriters call the dramatic premise. You know, you want to fit in why people should be watching kind of what's at stake. So in the Beauty and the Beast, it tells the story of the beast. He was this vain young prince, an old witch or old, old ugly looking lady comes to the door, says, hey, can you let me in? I'll, I'll give you this rose for some food. He scoffs at her and says, no way. You know, so he's got a problem with his character. And so he um, he gets transformed into this beast. And so he's got he's got a limited amount of time to make a woman fall in love with him um, or whoever. Um, and it, there's a rose petal that there's a rose and it's losing petals. And once it's gone, he's stuck as a beast. Hmm. So that basically sets up the story. We've got a hero, the beast. We've got a goal, have somebody fall in love with him. And we've got a really big obstacle. You know, he's hideous. He's not going to get people in and he's got a time constraint, um, which is a kind of an important little device. That idea of the rose. It's great if you've got some kind of tangible uh, measure of, of this, of what's at stake or that there's mm. a constraint kind of, uh, you may have heard a, a ticking time bomb 
in um, in a movie, you know, when there's mm-hmm. literally we've got there's five minutes, MacGruber, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, things are gonna explode. Right, right, uh, right. Sixty seconds, yeah. and so uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, th- this was pointed out by a commenter who on the blog, uh, a guy named Jesse Sedebaka, he uh, he pointed out the constraint aspect, which was great. Um, and so, that, so they do it. They symbolize it really well with that with that rose, and so that sets it up. Uh, the second thing that they got is they introduce sort of uh, what what in fiction you might call the rules of the world. Um, and in this case, it's magic, right? He's been transformed. He's got this uh, this magic uh, mirror and this magic rose, and this is useful, like in sales copy. If you think about, you want to introduce kind of the groundwork of of what the mechanism would be. So if you've got something like that's in natural health, that's going to be part of your opening story. You know, you're going to try, you're going to start to frame your audience and your product that you're, you're looking for natural cures, you know, not necessarily artificial ones, or it could be some technology product. And you might be talking about innovation, basically you're establishing kind of what they're going to be, what kind of world or genre they're going to be into. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so like, again, with story, if you've got somebody getting hacked to death in the first few minutes, you kind of know what what sort of move <laughs> you're going to be getting into. Um, and so you don't want to have like a romance story thereafter. Um, but anyway, so, so that's kind of important. And then the, the last is the cliffhanger. This is where you kind of like string, spring the trap. Um, so you can kind of think of this whole story opener as kind of like a mousetrap. And uh, one at the conclusion, you want to spring the trap so they're so that the reader is caught and also so that the character is caught. Um, and you do that by, by, by saying what happens next. And in the case of uh, the beauty and the beast, it's, it's got a very uh, beautiful way of saying it. Uh, the narrator says, uh, you know, he has to do it by before the last petal falls, but who could ever love a beast? And then it kind of goes into it. So, I mean, that's, that's yeah. basically, you know, we put the hero in the worst possible situation and then we see, let's see if he can get out. Right, right, right. Yeah, that conflict, that's what makes anything watchable. That's why we stay tuned. Uh, side note, my wife and I are on our first official show binge and uh, we were up to 1.30 last night. We, we try to be asleep by 10 just to show you what a boring guy I am. But uh, we just kept going. You know how it goes? You go one more. One more. Yeah. And it's 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 Homeland, if anybody's watched it. And we're literally on season one. And so it's on there like season six now. <laughs> and we just can't stop. And it's just I, I love watching how they, it's exactly what you're talking about, except at the end of the episode, it's the it's the show. It's the, it's the big cliffhanger. Right. And it's that is like the big thing is what will happen next. And if you can think about your copywriting in your story, it's like how quickly can you build up to that idea? Yeah, some people call it an open loop, um, and but you're also it's not just trickery where you're opening a loop, and it, it's about setting a course of adventure so people actually really care about finding out what happens next. Um, right. Great stuff. Okay, so um, you talk also about the element of magic in the story opener. Yes, yeah, and that's kind of that the rules of the world where you kind of establish expectations. I mean. Um, when you think about a story, the worst thing, or one of the worst things that can happen is you're watching it along and, you know, you, you learn that Superman, you know, he's, he's got superpowers, but he can be hurt by kryptonite. And you're there at the final end of the story. Lex Luthor is about to plunge, you know, a, Lex, uh, a kryptonite dagger into his heart. And suddenly he 
he's like, oh, I'm immune to kryptonite. I just got a magic power that kryptonite doesn't hurt me, you know, and then it's like and that and that's how he wins. So, you know, the dramatic term is that's a, a deus ex machina, God yeah. of the machine, you know, right. something swooping down from the heavens to help him. And you just you, you just get so pissed. You want to throw stuff at the screen and burn down <laughs> right. the theater. It's really a cheap you know. fix out of a out of a hairy situation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. The idea is, especially if you're dealing with fantasy or anything that that involves science fiction or, you know, goblins and wizards, is you want to establish what those rules are and be consistent with them. Um, And and they do that in The Beauty and the Beast. You kind of know what the dimensions of the magic are. Well, again, with sales copy, you know, when if you're going to turn whatever your your magic, your magic is. And as I pointed out in the blog article. It is magic to the right person. You know, when they first hear that you can kind of do something, it's, uh, you know, I use the example, one of the examples is um, like Perry Marshall's stuff on 80-20, you know, that, that he has developed. It's this idea that, you know, you're looking at your list all wrong. There's really just this core pocket. And if you focus attention on them, you could ignore the people that are giving you problems. That's like, whoa, mm. you know, I mean, mm. it, 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 it's magic to the right person. Or as I point out, the 60 second sales stuff, you know, it's like, this is a, a little joke formula that I found out. And this is how you can bond with your prospects in record time. And suddenly when people start to write their 60 second sales hook and they see how it works, you know, they're like, whoa, you know, they get blown away. And so yeah. you want to you want to have that in mind, even if you don't mention it, even if you don't set it up like you would say in a fictional story, it's there with you. You kind of know what that pow is. And so if you're writing a story opener, it kind of forces you to, to harness that. Love it. Awesome. Um, okay, great. We talked a little bit. I don't want to go out of c- sequence here. We talked a little bit about the cliffhanger. Yeah. Well, one thing I'd add on that is, you know, you were talking about Homeland. Um, so the one that we're, we binge watch because, you know, we were cord cutters at my house. And so we, we mm-hmm. we're just waiting for the next season of Walking Dead to show up on Netflix, which is September 15th, for those who want to know. We have it clearly <laughs> marked on our calendar, and we're really excited. I mean, I've got my 20-year anniversary uh, reunion, high school reunion, coming up this weekend. I don't really care about that. I care about <laughs> September 15th, when The Walking <laughs> Dead returns. And, you know, of course, those episodes have a lot of peril at the end of it, you know, are the zombies going to eat you, or are these rebel renegade group of humans going to eat you, or whatever. But a lot of the times, the conflict isn't physical peril, like like a literal cliffhanger. You're going to fall off a cliff or somebody's going to kill you. It's, it, it's maybe information like, oh, what does this person know or what have they been doing or are they, you know, they, they suddenly show up and what secrets do they have? And that's right. really powerful, you know, and that's especially relevant to sales copy. So um, you think about like a classic story opener, um, you know, the one of the all-time mailed sales letters the the wall street journal's two young men story oh yeah um you know that opens you know with two young men and one of them you know the basic story is there's a a reunion um a college reunion i think and these two guys come back and they they're very similar and they both work for the same company and one is like a mid-level manager and the other is its president you know and that's that's the story you don't hear any name what made the difference yeah yeah exactly what made the difference that's that cliffhanger sentence that leads you on that's about finding out information it's kind of like a detective story you know you want to find out what 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 is that secret sauce and then you basically that's that's what you do with the rest of the sales copy but it's again it's that dramatic setup fantastic that's great okay cool so um 
And so we have those elements. And what's what's the specific way to use the story opener? Okay. Well, so you know, you can do it. You can use it as like a productivity hack. You know, where you're. I'm, I'm not even going to put this in. Uh, I'm just going to use it to or, as an exercise, just for fun. You know, I'm going to write this as a little two-minute thing that could show up with with animation and get people excited. But you know, if you do that, you'll find hey, this is some good stuff here. I, I want to actually use this, you know? So it could become kind of the essence of like an elevator pitch. It can be the front story that you might lead with uh, in a video sales letter. You know, you might lead with like a little story just to kind of get people interested about mm-hmm. uh, a time that you were in peril or a time that your prospect was facing something. And then you might go off and, and, and tell a story that's related to it. It could be a, a made excuse me, a made up story or like a historical story. It doesn't even have to be your story that you open with. You know, if you can't find any story that, uh, that really works, you could tell, you know, this is something that Ben Settles talked about. You can do research and find something and you can put it in this, uh, use the same formula of a story opener. So, you know, if you're doing a natural health product or something and uh, you don't have any great story about how, you know, your prospect, overcame, you know, uh, a chronic disease, you could find a story in the news where somebody did that and, and, and establish that same empathy by showing, you know, what the stakes were, you know, they had, you know, a year to live basically, or they, they wanted to get off the drug because it was killing their sex drive or whatever it is, you know, they have their own ticking time bomb and you tell right. that story. That's great. It's a great example. And, you know, you can use it in any any market, really, you may be thinking, well, that would just feel weird because here I am, say, put together a sales letter or, or a video sales letter and I don't know, just like tell a story out of nowhere. It might feel forced. You know, one that came to mind is uh, the book Salt, Sugar, Fat, mm. How the Food Giants Hooked Us. I'll never forget how that book opens. Uh, it opens with the story of uh, this big sort of super secret, all the big food manufacturers getting together and one uh, person getting up there and basically warning them, look, he's basically saying, look, this isn't a lecture. I'm on your side. But uh, this obesity is is about is really an epidemic now. And you can't you can't ignore it anymore. You're going to have to adjust. And they basically just uh, ignored him. You know, he, he he thought for sure it would create some sort of awareness in the industry. And everybody was like, no, they didn't want to believe it. They just wanted to keep collecting the the profits. Right. And as we know, that they have had to react and a lot of them too late. But anyway, it's it's a great example of exactly what you're talking about. Like because the book was set up with that story and it was so gripping to imagine all these sort of big evil food <laughs> executives hearing this information and choosing to ignore it it made the rest of the book much more compelling to read because you knew the context. Right. Absolutely. And that's a, that's a great example of, I mean, if you're writing a book that that's what you want to do in your introductory chapter, you know, or like yeah. just pick up some nonfiction books you love. Um, you know, I, I mentioned, uh, or I was thinking about Oren Claff's book, pitch anything that I know you oh, talked yeah. about Kevin. Mm-hmm. And if he does that in the beginning, he sets up the story where he had to, to, to make a big sale to this super savvy, you know, millionaire or billionaire who had seen it all and mm-hmm. you know nobody's going to convince him of anything and 
and, and, and Oren's kind of establishing what the stakes are, why this deal mattered. And then he shows how he did it and how the guy's kind of amazed at what you did. And I want to hire you, you know, type of thing. And yeah. it sets up, it's kind of like that two young men where we want to know, okay, how did you do it? You know, what is that secret thought? Yeah. Fantastic. I love this. Um, yeah, great, great stuff, Scott. So, uh, I feel like I knew 20 minutes would fly by with you. So, uh, I'll just ask you now, will you come back and do this again with us? Absolutely. Yeah. Lo- love to make this a regular thing because again, all your articles, uh, man, you just have an insight to story like no one else I've seen. I know you, you, you've now worked with, uh, with Michael Haig, who's another guy who's uh, just a story master. He has a great book called, um, what, what is it? The 60, the 60 second one. Uh, how to sell your story in 60 seconds. That's it. I Thank you. That. Yeah. And so, you know, Michael is a veteran of Hollywood script writing and, and particularly how to pitch a story out there in Hollywood and uh, just another a brilliant guy. So, um, Scott, thanks for all the great articles. And I look forward to doing this again soon. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Jonathan. Good stuff. So, Kevin, what do you have coming up for us next time? Oh, this is going to be great. Next, we're bringing on uh, Abby Woodcock, who is just one of the hottest copywriters out there right now. Uh, she has amazing uh, sort of, you know, Rolodex of experience uh, working with some very high level clients. Uh, and Abby's going to talk, though, about we're going to talk about how to know when to hire a copywriter and what kind of questions you should be asking not only yourself, but your copywriter or a potential copywriter. This is going to clear the air for a lot of people. They're confused about when and how and what it costs to hire a copywriter. So we're going to answer those questions on the next episode of Copy Chief Radio. Whoa, listen to that radio voice kicking in. I'm looking forward to that. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. And we will be back in your earbuds next time. You've been listening to Copy Chief Radio. Thank you for tuning in. If you're digging what we are laying down for you, then your next step is to go over to iTunes, type in Copy Chief Radio into the search bar, and when you find a show, subscribe. We will be back in your earbuds next week. This is the podcastfactory.com.